It's three years since one Limerick family suffered this loss. As you know, Limerick is in mourning. Shane Gagan was captain of the third team with the city's Gary Owen club. He died in a hail of bullets early yesterday. It's thought he was mistaken for a drugs importer who lives in the same area and who was being targeted by a notorious gang. Our Midwest correspondent, Cathy Halloran, has been talking... You'll remember the pictures of Shane Gagan from the time. Big, bearded man in a light blue and white Gary Owen rugby jersey. Naturally, in the three years, Shane's family haven't forgotten him, but neither has the community. He's been remembered in very special ways by individuals and groups. Some of those stories are gathered in an online documentary which has been made by Celia Donoghue, a radio producer in Lyric FM in Limerick. The full documentary is available on the Curious Air website. It's entitled 30,000 Feet for Shane. This is an edited extract. Gerald Clark is my name and I've been involved in Gary Owen for countless years at this stage. We actually did a meeting here in this room trying to figure out what we would do to remember Shane. The consensus was that we just didn't want to put a cup up there in his honour. We should try and do something different. Yeah, OK, Andrew. Thank you. All right, so you've soccer up to top, rugby here. Is there any and golf? There isn't golf, no. It's a sunny evening in August. I'm at Kiltira Green in Limerick, where the Shane Gagan Trust is running street games. Ball is ball. And the Shane Gagan Trust, providing sporting facilities, diversion projects to kids who would not have a chance to access that. Mark Quinn raised a lot of funds for the Shane Gagan Trust. Helping them to avoid a future involving crime or involving anything like that. He loves it, though. There he is, around there. Is that his favourite game, like rugby or...? Rugby, no, or soccer would be his most favourite, yeah. It's great for him, though, it is. Yeah, he's very small, isn't he? Four and a half, you know. But he's managing fine with all the other kids, he is, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I had been reading about the high mountains, the MLAs and the Karakoram. For me and my workmate, it was a question of not just being armchair mountain climbers, actually. Right now, I had the time we were going to get out of our armchairs and we were going to go into the mountains... So we went to Carintool, and I know it's a bit brazen to say I had Everest in my head when I was climbing my first mountain being Carintool, but it was in my head. I didn't know if I'd ever get there, but it was the idea behind it. So I've got to know Mark very well since then. And uh, I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. He said, I'm thinking of climbing Everest. And I said to him, OK, have you a lot of experience? He said, well, I climb Carintool. <laughs> I said, OK. I wasn't too sure whether it was pulling my leg or not, to be honest with you. The expedition team was a mix of Americans, English, Dutch, German and Irish. Eight of us all together. Camp 3, at 8,300 metres in what they call the death zone. When you're in death zone, I mean, are you, are you seeing dead bodies there, are you? Oh, Certainly. I was quite lucky, I only saw one. Um, but I mean, some people in my expedition group saw up to six, dotted at various points around the way. It's a bit of a stupid thing to say, you'd kind of know them, but I mean, you'd be aware of the, the how they ended up there, the stories of them. Uh, the one I saw would have been called Green Boots, and everyone who climbs Everest will know Green Boots. And are you taking part in the sports? Um, yeah, I am. What sports do you like the best? Um, I like the football. 
I suppose the long-term plan is to start with something like this for six weeks and to then hand it over to the, the residents and the community to keep it going, you know, with support from ourselves and in whatever capacity. Look. Um, but last year we started it here for six weeks and now we have it in two other communities as well in Limerick City. So hopefully it will expand and grow as time goes on. It seems very relaxed and free and easy, like it's not very strict sport or... No, it's, I mean, there's, it's, it's organised chaos, as I like to call it. It looks very unstructured and everything, but I mean, everything is happening for a reason as you look out on it. Can you tell me the different things that are going on? I can indeed, yeah. We have rugby here, tag rugby. The main technical difficulty on the north route is the first, second and third step, specifically the second step. When we got there, it was it was a bit of a rock climb, followed by a, a climb up onto a boulder. And it is about a 3,000-foot drop on the right-hand side as you pull yourself up onto this boulder. Then you climb up another bit, and there's another little bit of a climb, and then there's a ladder for the final part. Put there by the Chinese sometime in the 1980s. I had an axe with me, and I was able to use it as an assistance at certain points, but it was not necessary. For anybody who's over 50, street games is nothing other than what we did when we were children, and we did it naturally. We were out on the streets at night, and we played all the different... We played soccer, we played rugby, we played hurling, we played hoops. And street games is nothing other than a formal recreation of that. I, I don't think I could really take it in. I mean, even looking back on the, the footage that I have up there, it's absolutely breathtaking every time I look at it, you know, it's... It's just unbelievable. You have the Himalayan mountains laid out in front of you. I mean, the highest mountains in the world. And they're all just under you with the, the clouds just over them, a long way under where I was standing. And we had beautiful blue skies as well as far as I could see. It was, it was absolutely beautiful. Everyone looked quiet. No one was shouting. No one was jumping around. Everyone was quite calm. A couple of people were having a drink of water or maybe a little bite to eat. Suddenly on... Saturday night or the Sunday morning when I got the word, when I got a text from the, as close to the top of Everest you can, to say that he got there and he was on his way back down. There's so many people I'd like to thank, but of course, uh, Jerk Clark and everyone involved at Shane Gagan Trust, who's just been so helpful. I can't wait to get back home to Limerick as well. I literally, I walk out of my tent and I get into a jeep from here, that's it. The walking is done, I'm never walking anywhere again. It's an incredible achievement, and the fact that he took one of the Shane Gagan badges with him and it's now buried as high in this world as you can possibly get in the snow that's an incredible iconic thing to do so I'm just going to bury it here I hope you can see that we're looking to take one step with every child and Mark on the other side went and took 30,000 feet so he probably took 60,000 steps (laughs) in order to get there but both of them are achievements. Both of them are two, you know, are people reaching their ultimate goal. Out of tragedy comes tremendous performance. Out of tragedy comes the requirement to move forward and do something positively. The single requirement that we've had is that we wanted to remember Shane in a positive manner rather than the means he departed us, okay? And... <laughs> I just want to say it's a pleasure on my behalf, on behalf of the Trust, to basically say to the youngest man that has ever climbed Everest from Ireland, Mark, welcome home.
one of the things we've learned in the trust is, you know, you try and get people to achieve to the level they're capable of. Don't try and drive them to a level beyond that. And they should be rewarded and applauded for reaching. If it's only a foot that they can climb, then they should get the same level of applause as Mark gets for going to the top of Everest. In the weeks since I've come back, there's been so many just great things that have happened. One was a letter that was waiting for me when I got back and I opened it up. It was a big envelope and it was addressed to Mark Quinn, mountain climber, Ray Bogue. It contained a letter from my old primary school saying they were pretty sure I was the same Mark Quinn that attended there years ago. And there was also a lot of letters from the kids. And one of them in particular struck me. It was, congratulations on your great achievement. My goal is now to break your record, which was absolutely fantastic from an 11 or 12-year-old kid. I mean, that's exactly what you want to inspire in doing something like this. Oh, I like the soccer. Um, I support Liverpool. Hmm? I support Manu. Manu. Are they the best team? An edited extract from an online documentary about the work being done by and for the Shane Gagan Trust in Limerick. Shane Gagan of Gary Owen Rugby Club was murdered three years ago this November. The documentary was made by Celia Donoghue and is available on the Curious Ear webpage. Just go to rte.ie slash docon1 and click on the tab marked The Curious Ear. <laughs>